Hello and welcome to the Tennis Menus Daily Roland Garros Show. Val Febo here with you. The women's finals are set and we are very, very excited about what Saturday night is going to bring. And head to thetennismenu.com to get an annual subscription for just $99.90 US, which includes over 600 tennis-specific drills and resources to make you a better tennis coach. And we're going to discuss today on what exactly Igor Striontek and Sophia Kennan did to get themselves over their respective opponents, Nadia Podoroska and Petra Kvitova, to reach their Roland Garros finals, their maiden Roland Garros final, and Iga Sviantec maiden Grand Slam, and Sophia Kennan, of course, reaching the Australian Open decider with her win over Gavinia Muguruza to claim a maiden Slam title. We're going to preview what is going to be an epic night tonight with Diego Schwartzman and Rafa Nadal to take on each other. A brutal stat discuss uh, on their the time on court in their four Grand Slam matches and also Novak Djokovic against Stefano Tsitsipas. Is this going to be the kryptonite? The one-handed backhand on clay, is that Novak's undoing? We'll talk more about that on today's show, but we can't talk about tennis on this show without these two men and the best high-performance coach in the business, hashtag Mark4PM. Mark Sapoulis joins us. How are you, mate? I'm going really well, Val. I, uh, yeah, sat up all night watching uh, the Kenny Fitterer match. I thought that was one of uh, one of the greats. Like the the score probably doesn't reflect how close that match was. It was absolutely incredible, and it'd be great to touch on that and also look at this uh, tonight's matches. I'm super excited for tonight's matches, and uh, yeah, looking at hopefully the uh, the young Greek getting through and uh, maybe dismantling Novak. It could be an interesting match. We shall certainly see, and we'll dive into more of that a bit later on. And Joel Frucci, um, my other right hand, well, Mark's on my left, Joel's on my right. We've got we've got an awesome <laughs> trio. How are you, mate? Yeah, going well, boys. Uh, exciting times getting to the business end now. It definitely is. And look, we'll start with the results from last night. And Iga Sviantek, we'll start with her because Joel has just had an infatuation with her throughout this entire tournament. And yeah, we've had she- to wobble off because she's gone so well. Yeah, no, I, I, it's been, yeah, your head's about to, I think your head's about to fly all the way through Melbourne and just do a massive 3D tour like on Apple Maps. But um, <laughs> Iga Sviantek over Nadia Podoroska, 6-2, 6-1. It was a, an absolute demolition of the young Argentine and um, in her, fir- well, her first Grand Slam semifinal for both of them, I think. Um, yeah, it, it just it just all went her way. And I think the stats, um, 61 points, 1 to 34 uh, 23 winners hit to six, uh, five of nine break points and one of five for, um, for Podoroska. 70% winning on first serve, 42% for Podoroska, 67% winning on second serve for Shriantek, 38% for Podoroska. It was just a demolition job. And Mark, um, just looking at this, it, it's an ominous sign heading into the final. Yeah, it's obviously a great match for for Iga. Like I think the way she's playing and the way she's played throughout this whole event has been just just world class. I mean, the way she dismantled Simona Hallett was, you know, an amazing thing. And I just didn't know if she could go on from that. But uh, you know, to see that she hasn't actually let off um, any any of that that quality has been amazing. So you know, it'd be an interesting uh, final now that that she faced herself in, but. You know, Podoroska, what a great tournament. I think it's really important to really recognise um, a qualifier getting through to that, that stage and having to play pretty much an extra week of tennis um, than everybody else and doing that for the first time. And her pay packet's going to be quite significant and, and that'll get her through the next probably 12 to 18 months, maybe more, um, of, uh, of playing on the tour. And hopefully that's just the start of things to come for her. It's, um, it's an incredible, incredible feat for her. So I really want to, 
want to give a shout out to her. But uh, yeah, looking forward to see what Iga Fionte can do because um, she's actually uh, an incredible player. That we've touched on it before. She's got power. She's got control. She's got uh, the ability to have feel and wit. She can come to the net. She shows and encompasses everything that an Ash Barty does. And uh, I rate Ash Barty as one of the great players of, uh, of, of all time. I think she's a super, super player. And, and I think Iga's got some of those qualities. And be interesting to see what she can do now against Sophia Kennett. Yeah, agreed. And Joel, well, you, you called this very, 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 very early. Um, <laughs> it's it, more varies in there. Add another hundred varies in there. But um, <laughs> no, you did call it extremely early. And looking at the results, I, I, it's just, it, it seems as though nothing is going to stop her. And it, it, what she was able to do last night, is that what you saw so early in the tournament after what she did to Marketa Vondrasova last year's finalist? And then what she did to Simona Halep, it's been quite scary to see. And it's just been pretty much she's thrust herself into the limelight here and, and just stormed to a Grand Slam final. And she it, like she hasn't just got there. She had, and I can't stress this enough, she has stormed her way through. Mm. Yeah, well, it was certainly after what she did to Simona Halep where I really stood up and, and take notice. Admittedly, before then, um, I, I'd kind of been keeping an eye on her, but I was like, oh, yeah, she's going well. Um, you know, d- didn't expect her to, to knock over Simona Halep. As we discussed yesterday, Val, I, I, we were talking and I, I did say I'd, I expected Eager to trouble Simona, but certainly not to do the damage um, that she did and, and not least to eventually beat her. But what's great about her, and, and Mark's said it, is that there's a lot of variety in her game. And I think for me, what's most impressive about the way she's carrying herself is... She's obviously, she's still young. She's 19. And I think mean, we forget that sometimes. Um, she's certainly playing beyond her years and she's just so confident within herself. And the way that she's playing is she's just standing up and she's being the aggressor. She's making players beat her. Um, and in her media conference, she was just talking about the fact that she's just trying uh, not to let her opponents play their, play the way that they want to play. She's playing the way that she wants to play and she's done it in every single match, really. And um, the way that things are going, when you can get a run like that on um, and and you can be that confident in yourself um, and, and really have it all together between the years. And, and Mark would attest to this. That's, that's probably as important as anything on the court. Um, when you can do that, then you're hard to stop, especially, I think, when you're coming up against a young player like that. Yep, agreed. And look at looking at her Grand Slam record, her first Grand Slam was the 2019 Australian Open. This is only her seventh major tournament and she's been able to reach a final. And she's just looking unbelievable. And to make things even more impressive, as you alluded to yesterday, Joel, she's made the semifinals of the doubles as well, which she'll play tonight. And she's only ever played one doubles Grand Slam main draw. And that was in the second round of last year's US Open. So her seventh singles main draw, she's reaching a final. And her second doubles main draw, she's reaching a semifinal. This is mightily impressive, and I don't think this can ever go understated about how just how good she's been because the stats are there. Yeah, yeah, I think um, yeah, I think homework as well uh, for me at least. Maybe I might actually dig into this a bit, and I'm I'm really interested to see when the last time uh, it was that uh, a player in a Grand Slam won the singles and the doubles because it doesn't Serena really Williams come to my mind. So I think Serena might have done it in 2015. Um, if, if you look at her stats, I think she did it about five years ago with Venus. Um, so, I, or it at least happened this decade. So, um, so okay, so it wasn't that long ago at all then. No, no, it definitely wasn't. <laughs> um, no, so Serena has done it fairly recently, and I will look this up for you. 
very, very shortly. But the lady who she'll play in the French Open final, Iga Swiatek, is Sophia Kennan. And she got through Petra Kvitova 6-4-7-5. And Mark, you had a very, very close eye on this match. And um, it's eerily similar to, to what happened at the, the Australian Open semifinal this year with Ash Barty. Easily could have handled Kennan in straight sets, had her opportunities. And it's not like Kvitova didn't have her opportunities last night. And she just wasn't able to capitalise. Yeah, I, I guess you're only as good as what your opponent allows you to be. And basically, Kvitova was good. Um, but Kennan was just unbelievable. Like, unbelievable. Just watching that match, um, I, I just couldn't believe how well she was striking the ball. You know, from, you know, I was concerned about a few of her defensive, uh, defensive strategies, from, especially from the forehand wing. She was insanely good. She was making a lot of balls. Kavita will try and get that first strike in the rally. Kennan just made sure she got that ball back into play nice and deep. Her depth of ball yesterday was, was amazing. So Kavita has been really focused in, in this tournament of staying up the court, playing off the baseline and just monstering the other girl. She tried to do that to Kennan. Kennan was just twice as good. She was hitting the ball twice as hard. She was using the pace of Kavita, but also being able to redirect it really well and, and move Kavita around. And as soon as you get Kavita on the move, her, her movement for a six-foot uh, female is, is quite not quite as probably at the level as Kennan. And, yeah, she, she struggled to capitalise. And the big moments, the clutch moments, Kennan just had another level to go to. And, you know, I, I watched Kennan really closely because I wanted to see, you know, where she's going with her game. She is the female uh, Rafa Nadal. She is intense. She moves around. the She's fidgety. She moves around the court constantly. You know, she's up and down. She wants to play at speed a lot of the time. It's like... Ken, just chill out. You know, take a take a chill pill. Go to your tail or something for a minute. You know, she but was not fidgety in that sense. He likes to take his time in between. Yeah, no, but she was like, you know, give me the ball to the ball kid. She wanted the ball. She wanted to start the point. I'm like, chill, like relax. It's okay. <laughs> you know, like tennis is no time limits here. It's okay. But she was she was insane. Like I, I loved watching her play yesterday, and um, I took a lot out of that match just watching her. And bit of a did did not much wrong. She played some great tennis. Started really slowly, but worked her way into the match. Um, but to watch Sophia Kennan at, at that level was, it was just another level. It really was. And the match, the final is going to be, you know, really, really impressive. Two players that want to take the court, to, want to dictate a little bit. Um, you know, Shriantek will probably move her a little bit more than what uh, what Kvitova did. Um, and that's the kind of difference that will be in the game. The ability to slice, the ability to move it with width um, hurts Kennan uh, a little bit more. Kennan, just in him. Um, it, it, it probably hurt her a little bit more than the power side. So, um, yeah, I mean, look, to, to give someone credit, Shane Leonard did pick this yesterday. We all went the other way. And uh, yeah. he's, already, he's already rubbed it in this morning and uh, basically <laughs> called him the, the tennis whisperer. Uh, he called himself the tennis whisperer. The ball whisperer. Um, you know, he's just, the ball whisperer, yeah. yeah so he's, um, he loves it. But, um, yeah, I mean, look, at the end of the day, it's going to be a great final. Uh, and and I, don't, I can't split him. I think it's going to be an incredible final. And, and I'm looking forward to it. Yep, agreed. And they've only met once before the French Open juniors back in 2016. And uh, it was Iga Swiatek who won that 6-4-7-5. So that was back in the third round of that year. But a two-folded question for you, Mark. How impressive is it for um, Sophia Kennan to get through, and, and especially for someone so young, Kvitova broke Kennan when she served for the match at 5-4 in the second set. And then Kennan was able to just completely wash that out and then win the last two games of the match, which I find absolutely mightily impressive. But then you're looking at, oh, hang on, was that the first set? 
No, that was the second set. Yes. Yeah, so she did. Yeah. So then again, then Kenan broke immediately back. So how impressive do you find that? And then also when you're looking at the final, Kenan has been tested a lot more than what Iga Swiatek has. Is that going to bode well for her or is it going to leave Swiatek more fresh heading into the encounter? Well, yeah, I mean, Shontek is playing doubles too. So, you know, we've got to take that into consideration. Sure. In terms of I even mentioned that before. I want court. So, um, but one of the people always ask me, and there's kids that I coach, parents will come to me, and the first thing they'll say is, does my player have what it takes to become, you know, a good, a good player, a pro player, whatever it might be? Kennan has one characteristic that is critical to the success of any player. You can have a great forehand, great backhand, whatever it might be, a big serve. None of that matters. The one thing she has is competitiveness. She is like a bull terrier. She just will not let go. And if you do not have competitiveness in your DNA, forget about playing the top level of the game. You could have every shot in the book. You know, you could have money. You could have whatever, but you've got to compete. And if you cannot compete, you cannot play this sport at the highest level for a period of time. Sophia Cannon, every time her back's against the wall, She's, she's better than when, when it's, it's nice and easy. I, I think the match um, against Ferro, Fiona Ferro, in the maybe round of 16, friend, yeah. um, would, have been, would have been the one that was, to me, she's playing a girl who, you know, she knows she, she's a better player than, you know, the girl rocks up in Target clothing um, and, you know, Sophia, uh, Sophia's in her, you know, brand new feeler outfit, you know, all, everything that she could possibly want. And she basically went into that match thinking, I've got this and, and struggled in the first set. And it was really interesting. As soon as she plays someone that is at a level that is her level or above, she's, she's just like a, you know, a, a bull to a red rag. You know, she'll go and she'll go hard. And, and that's the, the characteristic that I find really important in, in this day and age. And if you don't have that, you can't play at the highest level. And you're right, but Sviantec has not been challenged. You know, she wins that match last night, two and one. Um, she, she wins the, the quarterfinal, three and one. Uh, she beats Simona Halep in the fourth round, one and two. You know, she, she's gone through three and two against Bouchard. She has not been challenged. Um, and when I say not being challenged, in the points, in the games, absolutely. But on the scoreboard, she hasn't been challenged. Now, I think Sophia Cannon will challenge her. It'll be how she responds to that's really important. But, uh, but looking at Cannon, I think the way that she competes, you know, she'll be, in, she'll be in every single point of every single game. She'll be in every single set. She'll make you earn it. Uh, and Shuantek will really have to earn this match. Yep, agreed. And if you look at the amount of games that Shuantek has dropped, three, and then you add at three, eight, 13, uh, 16, uh, 20. Uh, she's dropped 23 games in this. In six matches. In six matches. That is... Yep. That is ridiculous. That's averaging a that's averaging six two six two yep. every set. Yep, unbelievable. And throw one six one in there. That is just phenomenal tennis from Iga Swiatek, and it's it, it's it bodes for an amazing final. One thing I will pull you up on is it's not target target. It's Tajay. <laughs> oh, we remember back to those ads. Um, I just thought I'd throw it in there. Why not? Good old Gokwan. Whatever happened to him? Don't know. Um, let's go back to the tennis though. And uh, well, the men's semifinals tonight. Oh, actually. Let's do quick picks for the women's final. We'll get to it again tomorrow, but um, women's final, you pick already. I'm giving you the early... I know yours, Joel. Mm-hmm. Mark. Oh. You can change this for tomorrow if you like. Look, 
I'll, I'll go for a pick now. After the match, I'll pick whoever wins as well. All right, so I can get both. But yeah. uh, Sophia Kennan, I think, will will win this match. Uh, I think Shirontek's been unbelievable. Uh, I just like the way she played last night, and I think that she's probably a bit of a class above the last two players she's played against Shirontek. So I think that Kennan, just the way she played, but it does not surprise me if Shirontek wins this match. It, it, like, it could go either way, but... Um, you know, I've been crappy tips, so forget about mine anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, I think well, I think both women's Grand Slam finals have gone to three sets so far this year. Joel, I know who you're picking already. So we'll, we'll talk more in depth about it tomorrow and we'll go from there. But let's look at the men's semifinal preview tonight because we are in for a massive night of tennis and I'm going to have to have a lot of coffee if I'm going to stay up after this, especially if Richmond lose their semifinal tonight. I think I might just turn the lights off and go straight to bed. But um, we'll, we'll see what happens. But... Diego Schwartzman and Rafa Nadal will take to court Philippe Chatrier first. And I don't, and look, I'm very irritated at Paris. I'm very irritated because you think it's a global audience that wants to watch this match. Why are you starting at 2.50 in the afternoon when it's going to be 11.50 at night, Melbourne time? I find that absolutely ridiculous. Started at, all the matches have been starting at seven o'clock at night or at least started at midday Paris time so that the whole world can watch it. Um, which, yeah, that's that's my gripe anyway. But the, uh, Schwartzman and Nadal will be up first. Djokovic and Tsitsipas up, uh, up second, but that's not before five o'clock Paris time. So that's just going to be way too late. But um, we'll, uh, we'll watch the replay in the morning. But Schwartzman and Nadal, they met in Rome. Schwartz, Schwartzman, as the ATP put it, went God mode and beat Nadal for the first time in his career in 10 meetings. But they have met on four occasions at a Grand Slam. And those occasions were the 2015 US Open second round, Nadal winning 7-6, 6-3, 2018 Australian Open fourth round. That was a brutal contest. Nadal winning 6-3, 6-7, 6-3, 6-3. 2018 French Open quarterfinals, 4-6, 6-3, 6-2, 6-2. And then the US Open, it is uh, at last year, Nadal winning in the quarterfinals, 6-4, 7-5, 6-2. So they've met in some big matches before. But the average time of those four matches is three hours, 15 minutes and 30 seconds. Joel, it doesn't matter what, what happens. We just know that we're in for a brutal encounter. Yeah, well, they're two retrievers. And I think this is a big, a big moment, I think, for Diego Schwartzman because we've, obviously we've spoken a lot about him. This tournament, he's been around for a little while. It's the first time that he's broken through uh, into the top 10. It's probably... I think the, the best opportunity that we're going to see for him uh, to win a Grand Slam. And um, certainly, I think it suits him as well. Obviously, slower courts, um, heavier balls. Um, I think that, that certainly suits uh, Diego Schwartzman. Still hard to back against Rafael Nadal. Um, but, of course, Diego will be confident um, after that win against Rafa in Rome. Admittedly, very different conditions. Uh, it was notably warmer uh, in, uh, in Rome versus Paris. But, uh, you know, I think... There's no doubt that Rafa will go into this match uh, very clean slate thinking, I think, after that uh, after that loss. And uh, the fact that he was able to outfight Yannick Sinner as well, um, you know, I don't think he even, he even really needs to sort of think about all the extra stuff. I mean, he, he knows what he can do uh, at Roland Garros. This is this is his stage. Um, so, look, the onus will be very much on, on Diego to go out and beat Rafa, I think. Well, like Novak Djokovic, Rafa has never lost from the semifinals and beyond at the French Open and has spent a lot less time on court than what Diego Schwartzman has. But uh, having said that, Schwartzman did play four or did win four straight sets matches for his first four rounds. So that will help, I think, in 
in terms of keeping him prepared. Yes, he played a five-hour, eight-minute match against Dominic Team, but I reckon he's just a fitness machine, isn't he, Mark? And when you've got a player that you're playing against that will just run all day like an energizer battery, what are you looking at if you're Rafa? And what are you trying to exploit? And is it his height? Because at 175, if you're Nadal, you're able to loop that ball. But in these conditions, that favors Schwartzman a little bit better. Yeah, and that's what's going to hurt Nadal in this match. I, I, as much as I think Nadal is the best player in this in this matchup, absolutely hands down, best player ever to play at the French Open. I think Schwartzman will win this match, and and I'm only saying that because I feel like he's one of the form players on the ATP tour. I think I think the last few weeks has shown that he he can beat some good players. He's playing solid. The conditions are suiting him for this time of year on the clay. Um, generally for a guy of his height, Nadal will be able to lift that ball a little bit more above his head, um, you know, and, and be able to push him back quite easily with these conditions. So it's very hard to get that. I know there was a stat that um, Nadal's ball is doing the same amount as it was last year, um, quite interestingly enough, uh, but I still feel that it's going to be heavier. Um, I still feel that the ball will sit a little bit more for Schwartzman. And I feel like he's probably playing a little bit more towards his peak than Nadal is at the moment. Now, whether Nadal's peaking, trying to peak at the right time or he's going to peak at the right time. And I still felt that Yannick Sinner um, was almost the better player for two sets in that match the other day. I just didn't feel he was able to capitalize on the big moment. So had he have won the first set where I think he was in control, maybe that match would have changed a little bit. But, you know, I think Schwartzman has the ability to stay out there as long as he possibly wants. And, you know... Uh, I'm, I'm thinking Schwartzman. I really am. I, I, I've been thinking it for the last few days. I don't know why. I just, I, I think that Nadal isn't playing his, his best tennis. Now, will he play his best tennis? Who knows? I mean, uh, he's a champion. He's a superstar and I love him. Um, I just think this is one that if Schwartzman doesn't take this one against Nadal, he probably will kick himself because I think this is the opportunity for him to, to take this match. And if he can hold his court, hold his baseline a little bit, stay in the points as long as possible and not let Nadal dictate through his forehand wing and that from his backhand corner, I think Schwartzman might take this match. Yep. And he's so even in, in all of his ground strokes, I think Diego Schwartzman, he doesn't make many errors. And when he does, it means he's trying to hit the ball hard. So I reckon if he just waits and bides his time, which he's so good at, and he's so good at just waiting out his opponents and grinding them down and just making them absolutely want to die. Um, I think that I reckon he might he might be a chance of beating Rafa tonight. And look, I want Schwartzman to win this title. I'm going hard on that. I want him to win this title because he's 175 centimeters. It will never happen again. We'll never see anybody of that height win a Grand Slam again unless uh, unless a miracle happens. So why can't it be now? Why can't it be Diego? And why can't he just be an unbelievable story to cap off this 2020 in Grand Slams? I think it would be remarkable and I reckon the way that he's playing if he gets Novak again I reckon he'll have a bit more of a game plan from what happened in Rome he'll be able to try and iron out those weaknesses but if we look towards this uh, this uh, Djokovic and Tsitsipas matchup Djokovic leads a head-to-head 3-2 all up but Tsitsipas won their first two matches but what bodes well for him Joel is that Djokovic's last four losses on clay have come to men with a one-handed backhand Mm. And those men are Tsitsipas. Oh, sorry. Those men are Tsitsipas, uh, team and Vavrinka. So I think that bodes extremely well for Novak in, oh, sorry, for, for Steph in the way that he's playing, because what he did to Andre Rublev was simply sensational. And Novak was tested. And who knows if his injury 
if, well, who knows if it's real because you can count on one thing, three things in life, death, taxes, and Novak taking medical timeouts. But I like Steph just needs to stay focused and he can win because his best tennis is good enough. He can go toe to toe with Djokovic, whether he can do it at a slam over five sets, we don't know, but he can definitely do it in best of three. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. And I think Steph can do it. If he bases himself on what Pablo Carreño Busta did well to take a set off Djokovic, I think he's more than capable. Yeah, absolutely. He's capable. Um, just to knock it on the head straight away. I was reading through, through Twitter this morning and uh, Serbian journalist, uh, Sasa Osmo uh, did say that um, he was having a, a sneak peek at, uh, at Novak training um, or practicing. And uh, he said that he was looking pretty, he was looking well, he was uh, hitting freely. Uh, so um, I guess good for Novak um, in, in that sense. He seems like he's uh, recovered well enough uh, from that, that little um, uh, niggle. But yeah, look, I mean, Steph is certainly capable of, of winning this match. Um, and we, we talk of the conditions suiting certain players. They definitely uh, suit Stefanos' game. He's obviously got uh, a lot of power um, in his game. I think the way for him, and we spoke a bit about it with Shane um, yesterday, I think he's going to have to approach and, and get into the net and, and really shorten the points, take some time uh, away from, from Novak, get him on the stretch. Um, and uh, sort of be able to capitalise uh, in, in that sense. I think that's that's his his key to victory. Yep, I do agree, and I think that the way that I think the way he played against Andre Rublev was was magnificent. And looking at that, Rublev has been one of the form players this season behind Djokovic, probably the most informed player uh, behind Djokovic in the team. So if he's able to do that to Rublev and avenge that loss in in Hamburg. Why can't he do it to Djokovic? He's been on court for minimal time as well, apart from that first match against Shuame Muna. He's the chance. He's a really big chance. And let's go into our predictions of what we think is going to happen tonight and who we are going to see in the men's final. Mark, we'll start with you and give us your reasons and why. Well, it's interesting you talked about the one-handed backhand because uh, most one-handed backhand players struggle to stay in a cross-court rally of speed. And they change direction extremely well with a single-handed backhand. So you look at Warenka, you look at Team, you look at Tsitsipas, they can all change direction. Now, if you go cross-court backhand to cross-court backhand with Novak Djokovic, you will, you will die a slow death. He's incredible. <laughs> or a quick death. Um, he's incredible. He'll just stay there all day and he'll, he'll keep you on court as long as he needs to. Um, the, the way that you've got to beat him is you go to the backhand corner and you expose the forehand on the move. And Tsitsipas can do that. He can go one cross and then he can change direction with his single hand up the line and force Novak into a defensive forehand situation. Now, in his defensive forehand, he'll miss more balls than his, de- than his defensive backhand. So that's the way Tsitsipas has to play him and come forward as much as possible, as Joel said. If he's, if he's playing him from the back of the court, Novak will beat him. Um, yeah. I, I've, I still feel that on these big moments, it's probably Novak's to lose. Um, so I, I feel like Novak is probably, for me, the, the favourite in this match. It wouldn't surprise me again if Tsitsipas actually goes through and, and wins this match. So I'll go Novak on that side of the draw, and I'm going Schwartzman. I'm going to go for okay. an upset. Um, and back in Diego. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm back in Diego only because I feel like he's in form. I feel like he's he's got a bit of belief about himself. He beat Nadal a few weeks ago. He's got the confidence up a little bit. Nadal will doubt himself a little bit going into this match, but you can never discount a champion, right? I'm just going to, I'm going to go Djokovic and Schwartzman. Exactly right, Mark. And um, I don't mind those picks at all. And, and Joel, we'll, st- we'll go with you now. 
Well, I think just given the way that the years uh, panned out, it's incredibly difficult to go against Novak. Um, he's just been been that good and that consistent. So I think I think Novak will get the job done against uh, Steph. And look, believe it or not, I know I've spoken a lot about um, about Rafa and and the fact that the record speaks for itself, and and that for me is a good enough selling point for his chances. But I've actually been swayed. I'm actually I'm jumping on the Diego train like like Mark. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna say Diego. Nice, very nice. And I'm gonna go, I'm actually gonna go Diego as well. Oh! Um, we're going all three. I'm going DA, I'm going little Diego just because I want to absolutely will him over the line and become Argentina's first Grand Slam champion since one Martin Del Potro. And you know what? I'm going Steph. I'm going Tsitsipas. Because if you look at the if you look at the players that Djokovic struggles the most against, it is the attacking players. Federer troubles him much more than Nadal does. And if we look back to that Wimbledon final, Federer belted Djokovic in the Nito ATP finals last year. He killed him. And Federer should generally do that most of the time. I think he's just worked out what to do in more recent years rather than anything. But Roger challenges Novak more than Rafa does. And if Tsitsipas can play that way, because he's, he's put on a really attractive brand of tennis throughout this tournament and he's mixed things up. We saw that in what he did against Rublev. His forehand uh, drop volleys, his forehand drop shot. He's able to mix up the game, like Mark said, so much. So I reckon he's going to be able to do that against Djokovic. And if you remember back in 2011, Novak went on a 42-43 match winning streak uh, to start that season, came to the Roland Garros semifinals and Federer undid it in four sets. And it's the Roland Garros semifinals. He's only lost one match on a technicality through a default. I think Tsitsipas is going to be the one to break that tonight. It's 3-2 in the head-to-head. It's very even. And I think Steph is good enough to get the job done. And with that, we're going to leave you to ponder our thoughts and ponder your own thoughts as well. Mark Sapoulis, thank you very much for being a part of today's show. It's been an absolute pleasure as always. Always a pleasure, boys. Can't wait for tonight. to be cracking cracking matches. So I'm looking forward to yeah, not sleeping once again and staying up and watching some tennis. <laughs> Yep, a lot of copies tonight. And Joel Verucci, as always, it is an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. And are you going to bring in some uh, some languages tomorrow, just in case one uh, just in case one of your players wins? Uh, yeah, potentially. I might have to I might have to bring in some Spanish either way. But uh, geez, I'll tell you what, boys, we are going to look like some Casey Fraffer wins. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I know, I know. But I think we're just going to try and create a little bit of controversy here. But one of us probably should have gone Rafa and Novak just to make ourselves look a bit credible and not go, not be like me and go for the two underdogs. But look, we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, this has been the Tennis Menus Daily Rolling Garros Show. Um, and head to the Tennis Menus uh, TennisMenu.com and get an annual subscription for just ninety nine ninety US, which includes over six hundred tennis specific drills and resources to make you a better tennis coach. Val Febo, Mark Sapoulis, and Joel Frucci here with you just. Before we do go, quick shout out to Chris O'Connell, who was playing in the Barcelona Challenger last night, was up 7-6, 5-2 against his opponent on match point, landed very awkwardly on his foot and had to retire, carried off by the trainer. So we hope all is okay. He's had a lot of bad luck in his career. So we want him to be all right and keep his push going for the top 100. And fingers crossed, it's not a major injury. So all the best to Chris O'Connell. We'll catch you tomorrow. Men's final will be sorted and we'll preview the all-important ladies singles final.